Welcome to the Fatty Z Muskie Podcast. I'm Andy. Joining the phone and under a blanket, we have Vance. <laughs> Hi, Mr. Coldman. Uh, good good evening. It's it's more for sound quality. Because we're, we're a professional broadcasting show. Vance, yeah. Vance goes the extra mile by being under an Afghan to reduce echo. Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm here. I'm underneath it. So we got the boogeyman over here. And then we that got... Is what it, when, I, when I do these shows like that, uh, I would say the original boogeyman, you know, it was, a, you know, a, whatever, something to scare you when you were a kid. But they called the guy from Halloween, Michael Myers, the boogeyman. And in that movie, Halloween one, he's sitting like I am right now. And I think of it every time I put this thing over my head and it still scares the shit out of me a little bit. Cause I don't know if he's out there cause I can't see. <laughs> you're afraid you're going to like peek out and he's just standing <laughs> he's there the... inches from your well, face. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, it scared the crap out of me. You know, I kept my parents up a lot because of that stupid movie. Why they were the your... ones that made me watch it. <laughs> they forced you to watch it. Listen yeah, here, like, little V. Scary. <laughs> Sit down right here. Let me show you something. This didn't... Yeah. <laughs> Jaws landed well. That was apparently like a horror movie I was obsessed with. But then they were like, let's take the extra step and see if you could actually watch a horror flick. And that was not the case. <laughs> <laughs> I could handle sharks, but not imaginary men. Like, yeah, no, right. <laughs> because sharks are real. <laughs> I was convinced Michael Myers was real, but anyway. <laughs> there were real people in it. I loved how, like, when you were younger and stuff, and they're like, oh, that only happened in the movies. Yes, there were really real people that did this, but it was for the movies, and you have to, like, long-windedly explain this to to kids getting of age to start to understand the workings of the world. Yeah. I'm getting to that stage. Yes. So, we also have Todd on the phone. Hi, Todd. Yo, yo, what's up, bitches? (laughs) (laughs) It's a new year. I'm trying to come up with a new catchphrase. Is that too much? What? No, that was very unexpected. Well, yeah, I mean, I've been waiting to do this all day. Is that too much? Should I go with something else? I mean, five years in, i got to come up with something new here. Well, that was good. Up down has been replaced with profanity. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How about if I go fiatches? There you go. Okay. Hard knock life. Yeah. I'm here. You are here, and with bells on us. Man. This is fun. So this podcast is brought to you by Fat AZ Musky Products, fatazmusky.com. You can find us. That's the website. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Let's see. The baits. Baits are coming along pretty well. If anyone saw last week's post, I had a wall of walleyes. Actually, you were eyeing up a wall of walleyes if anyone was paying attention to the wording. I thought that was pretty clever. Um, was. Yeah. So, but I'm trying to come up with one for mud puppies because I have that wall plus more filled. Those are just about done curing. And I'm starting on the perches now. 
So I'm painting. I'm I'm doing pretty good, to be honest with you. I'm doing about average of 85 baits a week, and I've got my time cut in half because I would, you know, time to go into personal story on this. I used to have about an hour after work before anyone got home uh, from, you know, from work. My wife would pick up the kids on her way home from work, and I'd have an hour to get stuff done. That's not the case with people working from home and kids having school from home. So I've been kind of, you know, hamstringed on some time. So I'm I'm pretty happy with my with my output, all things considered. So we got the baits in the works, if anyone's paying attention. That was the important part of all of that. And uh baits I'm painting baits right now for Team Rhino Outdoors and Muskie Tackle Online. And We'll be getting we'll be getting them here when uh, they're going to be worked through. Hopefully, here in the next few weeks, I'll be starting to paint those exclusive colors. Then rod holders, we got everything in stock. I mean, we got a I'm going to dare I say a stupid pun a boatload of those aluminum clamshells about to come back in stock. They're not out of stock right now, but I'm getting pretty low, and I'm very close to having a boatload more. Ha ha good one right there so um i got that and also i think i've came up with a killer new design for something uh i will not be able to explain it over the airwaves i was going to say the phone because technically i'm on the phone too but um anyone that saw i'm going to bring up that Sarek post anyone that saw that Sarek post that he made with our rod holders and how he was attaching them to his rail Uh i think i've got like the coolest slam dunk solution to that. Like really neat, super simple, extremely strong. And I'm excited about it. I got tooling coming tomorrow and we're going to see, Oh gosh, I don't I hate to do this, but maybe next week I'll have a prototype I can play with. So just keep an eye out here in the next coming weeks. Um, we might, you know, when I get it to where I like it and I think it's going to be a hit for anybody. So I'll give a quick explanation of this again. So uh, Jim Sarek does not have track on his boat, but he did not want to have uh, rod holders, like typical rail mounts that were permanently on there. Not that it's permanent, but enough of a hurdle that you wouldn't take them off all the time. So uh, it's actually... Definitely, definitely it would be the case if you had them off. It's not... I could definitely see people in that situation like well let's troll for like an hour here now nah, let's not worry about it because it's going to take me a lot of time yeah i mean even if it was like five minutes i could hold these all on yeah to, and you know because like uh, let's be honest there's a lot of people that consider trolling lunch hour and, Great. Yeah. and I, I mean i've had stuff to where just a minor input of effort would make me just be like yeah screw it I'll just sit here and eat my lunch and let the wind blow me across the lake with no no rods in the water. I yeah. mean, I, I can see that happening. But if you could ex- exert a little bit of effort and not be extremely hindered with, you know, wrenches and bolts and what have you, um, that can be attractive to people. And the cool thing is, so getting back to what Sarah did, he, he got a, a uh, Cisco rail mount or a rail bracket. I, I forget the exact wording which they named it. We modified it 
and now you can just take these thumb screws with our regular bases, put them on top there and, and thread two screws on and you're ready to rock. It takes up, I don't know, 30 seconds maybe, give or take, if you're going slow, um, to put your rod holder on. And, and you're not overly hindered by having something on the rail. Um, the the neat thing, like what, what Sarek has, and like a, a, a strong proponent to go this route should you have rails, is if you have a buddy or perhaps you might get a boat in the future that has track, you still have your rod holders. You can then take the rod holders and slide them in the track because they're the exact same as our track mounts. And uh, but I I think I think I have an AZ solution to that to where we would do not need uh, products bought from Cisco. So I'm pretty excited about that, and that's my little thing to say. Hey, keep keep a lookout on this. Um, I can try to explain it after the show because I I'll have more time and it won't be boring. But um. I think it's going to be pretty neat. And Muddy Creek, how are you? Muddy Creek Fishing Guides, mcfishandguides.com. We're doing good here. No fishing as of right now, but we'll be starting up here shortly. April, I know Vance is getting ready to go do some fishing in April, May here in Pennsylvania, and then we'll be heading up to Chautauqua Lake for the rest of the summer through November. So get a hold of us, give us a call. You know when you're coming up, the sooner the better. Still getting some calls every once in a while. This is always a pretty slow time. So, uh, guys are really, uh, <clears throat> hopefully, hopefully, uh, everybody can get all their books filled up throughout the country without shows this year and we can sell some baits. And, but, uh, we won't be getting to see everybody, but we appreciate the business from last season and look forward to next season. Absolutely. And, uh, shout out to Ranger Boats. Um, if you come up and fish with us, you'll be fishing out of Ranger Boats, specifically the Angler Series. Uh, thank you to them for sponsoring Muddy Creek Fishing Guides in this show. Um, get all your Ranger needs at Vic Sports Center in Kent, Ohio. Um, Tritons, Starcrafts, Star Welds, used boats, service, Ranger Boats, they're all there. And actually, uh, they are... Um, putting on a show, a virtual show. It's the first one I really know of uh, that's taken a stab at this virtual show thing. Um, it's the Cleveland Boat Show. It's spanning for about 10 days. It starts on January 15th, which is tomorrow, uh, and goes until I believe the 24th. And this is all virtual stuff. So if you're... Um, Interested in that, want to check out some boats and maybe from the uh, comfort of your home, uh, check out their uh, Google search the Cleveland Boat Show and then check out Vic's social media pages. Um, they'll be doing some things on there. I know Todd and I are going to be going up there um, throughout, throughout the 10 days, uh, just talking boats and things like that. You know, I, I don't know what's the to come of it i would say come out and say hello but maybe i'll just uh, yeah, a, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah i think you gotta make an appointment or i don't know yeah well i'll know i'll know more tomorrow but um check it out if you know you're trying to uh you know cabin fever or anything like that looking at boats is always a a fun thing and even if you're not shopping window shopping is always always fun 
Um, also, shout out to St. Croix Rods, best rods on earth, mostly made in the U.S. Um, give them a fair shake if you're in the musky market. Um, even their blanks, you know, a lot of people are making these custom rods and things like that, but they're using blanks, uh, the Legend Tournament Series for those big rubber bait throwers. Uh, so check them out. You can really abuse them and get your money's worth out of them. That's it for me. Excellent. Now, we didn't mention this on our last show, but I think most people have heard it, but I'm going to kind of continue to push this. So attention, small-time bait makers or even medium to big-time bait makers. I'd like to cater more towards the medium to smallers. Um, If you would like to have your bait tested and reviewed on this show, please get in contact with us. You you have all the contact stuff. We just got done talking about it, but we're going to give it a rundown again. I do have some baits that came in that people are going to want us to, you know, we're going to go run them. I have a sheet that I'm going to say is a a solid 80% where I'd like it to be. We're still going to do some tweaking and stuff, but you know, we still got ice here. So, um, get in contact with us. We will, um, maybe one of us will maybe pass the bait around between all, all three of us. But the skinny of this is we run the baits, we get a feel for them. We're then going to go ahead and answer some questions over these airwaves and discuss the bait. We're probably going to do at least 10 minutes. It could be more. It could be 20 minutes. We're going to see how it goes and how the conversation flows. Um, It is not a, this bait is the best, this bait is the worst, this one catches fish, this one doesn't. It's going to just be basic characteristics of it. How does the bait run? Let's just pick a crankbait. Oh, it has a tight wobble and it goes really deep. Things like that. But we'll expand deeper into it. Um, We'll say where we feel it excels, where would it be, like if we were to be fishing with it, like, oh, I'd really like this in, you know, mid to late summer because of these characteristics and I'd put it on this rod. Th- those are just some loose examples. We Todd and I did a show and uh, kind of just get a feel for it. And I, I think this is this is going to be good. I think it's going to help some people out. So if you're wondering, well, what's going to happen to the bait? Uh, the bait, you're not getting it back, but we're not keeping it either. We're going to go ahead and sell the bait. And how we're going to sell the bait, or baits, plural, is going to be uh, we'll be talking with the manufacturer, whoever that might be, ABC Bait Building, and they're going to say, I'd like to see the bait sold like this. We're not going to tell people how how we think their bait should sell. Uh, We'll agree upon it. And when we sell the bait, it's going to be out there more than likely promoted on our Facebook page so the whole world can see. Those monies brought in from that are then going to be redistributed, not redistributed, redirected to Muskies Inc. to help feed the Muskies. So the donation is going to give you airtime, exposure, and proceeds are going to be going to a nonprofit. Uh, We're going to offer the service free of charge. Um, So... Please reach out. Any questions, comments, um, we'd be glad to field them. We are still working on that on that questionnaire, but like I said, I, I got a pretty good, pretty good where I think I want it. But 
we're going to fine tune it some more. And then when we do have that, we will probably read it off that so people understand what we're actually looking for on these bait tests. Did that make sense, guys? Mm-hmm. Yes, it did. Okay, <clears throat> perfect. Yeah, essentially you send us a bait. We're going to uh, run it, uh, give you a, a uh, you know, review it. Um, and, you know, from there, we're going to sell it, and it's going to go to a nonprofit, just like you said. So, Perfect. It's all good things. It's very good things, and I think it'll be fun. All right. So, a lot of stuff happening in the AZ realm since the new year. New new year, new me. Is that the saying, Vance? Yes, it is. Right. That's right. So, I guess the biggest... Catchphrase, logins, yeah, nice. (laughs) (laughs) So, Todd, I'm going to kind of... Vance always seems to have the most action-packed stuff. So, Todd and I will kind of talk about our year to date so far and just how things are going. And and I don't want to... I don't want to keep sitting here and being like show show seasons canceled and what are we doing with ourselves? But Todd, what, what have you been doing in, in like new stuff that's been happening, you know, since essentially the holidays have been over. Yeah. It's sort of, (laughs) it's the only thing. I mean, the difference is I have a 12 year daughter that's still at home doing school online. So I'm kind of limited, you know, I can bug out for an hour or two here, but I don't leave her here all day by herself. But yeah, I'm back to this really nothing different in this time of the year. I'm in here pouring bait. I come out and pour baits and sand baits and drill holes and make a mess, uh, get them prepped and get them ready to get to Andy. I mean, I'm, we're pretty much uh, doing the same thing as I would be doing right now, other than I think maybe we would have already just got home from the Ohio show, right? Isn't that? I think it was going to be this. Well, we didn't all go, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometime yeah. in the last couple of weeks, there, there would have been yeah. the Ohio show. Yeah, either last weekend or this weekend coming up. And so that would have been the first one. And then, but we, we would have been a little more rushed there from the holidays to getting stuff ready to. So we had something to take to the shows, you know. Uh, other than that, I'm doing the same. Groundhog's same, Day. Same stuff, Groundhog's Day. Groundhog's Day, that's what your life becomes as you get older. Yeah. And you find <laughs> comfort in that. Comfort, there's not many places to go. So, yeah. Yeah, so you're, you're just, you're grinding away at the same old, same old. Same old, same old. Yeah. And I'm I'm kind of doing the same old, same old, but... I'm doing it slightly different. So, you know, the slow build up to, to, to myself starting to paint is generally once I get rolling doing the painting, I'll start coming up with improvements that I'd like to do. Different things in the shop. I think that I this would serve me better if I made this change or did that or, you know, what have you. And like last year I said I'm going to take a week or two. I want to, I don't want to, you know, jump right into painting because once you start painting, it's like, there's no, you're not going to want to go and start making sawdust to build a shelf or something that you want, or, um, you know, modify some of your equipment. It's, this is it. You're kind of married to this unless there's a, you know, a breakage or a failure and, you know, keep going. So 
I got most of my checklist stuff done. Um, there, there is a little bit of woodworking that I, I still want to do, but that's, that's not really going to make any sawdust. That's going to be screwing with anything that I'm doing at this point. Um, but like what Todd already talked about, uh, that, that the Ohio show, which would have been, you know, whatever date it would, would have been this year. I'm painting different. And I've already talked about the Facebook post once, but I don't think I've ever sat down and painted 85 walleye through every hard bait we have. I've never painted that many of one color ever Uh in, in like one push. And Vance, do you remember that photo I sent you last week? I do. I, yeah. Do you, mem- do you remember the caption? Uh, the gold bars suck. <laughs> gold bars suck. It, <laughs> kind of paraphrased, yes. But so I did 90 mud puppies. Yeah. How, what was it? 5,000 Not bars? 5, no, it was last week. In one night, I did 900 gold bars on all these mud puppies. Yeah, that's a lot. It was excruciatingly boring. Oh, yeah, it's got to be way more efficient and and save you time. But, I mean, I know the guys that I know that I've been around, you know, know, Dale and Leo painting lures for many years, and, you know— I always thought, well, isn't that the way to do it, man? Just they're going to do those purchases, do a hundred of them here, and it's like, oh, that really sucks, you know. <laughs> to them, this is what they told. This is what they said, you know. It's like, oh, it's just so monotonous, and you know, a lot of times you're filling orders. And I think where you're going here, Andy, yeah, you would have wanted to get a few of everything to get to the show and then you're getting ready for the next show wherever Vance and I were, were would be going next or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you just can't use all those blanks and do all that and take your time. Cause it's like, you can't show up the show. It's like, so do you want walleye or mud puppy? Yeah. And I got a whole bunch of them. <laughs> so how about a half a dozen? <laughs> Even though we sell out almost every time at the shows when we take those colors, like, I, yeah, because people thought, always. You know, what do you think? I, people, I mean, two dozens enough, right? Everybody has one now, and you paint two dozen, and the second day of the show, it's the afternoon. I'm like, there's no walleyes. There's no <laughs> walleyes. <laughs> That's but, because that we would go. We'd be like people, like, all right, which color should I have? Yeah. Oh, these two here. So and then Andrew would it. be like, "Can you grab another one?" Like, <laughs> yeah. they it's all... like pushing this one over here. <laughs> it's not that we don't catch fish on well, it. It's just so natural that it you know when when you're casting and it's coming from the people that make them you know we have we have our favorite colors the things that are proven for the lakes that we're you know gridlocked on for an entire season yeah. <laughs> and so it just like naturally like blurts it out mud puppy walleye opening, we're like, oh, yeah, we're opening i mean the opening day this year i know we're going to be casting on up at chautauqua the last saturday and i know I know I won't be casting, but I know I will be handing mud puppy, a mud puppy, and a walleye to these guys. I mean, it just will. I mean, I could grab something else, and I do, but gold or pala, you know, it's, it's just. I mean, you don't need anything else really sometimes. But yeah, well, well this is with this new uh, and new way of painting for Andy. I think 
you know, with with it being monotonous, I think with your personality, though, it has to be very um, fulfilling to see one color completely full. Oh, and it, then like you can go into the next one and just be like, yes, I have inventory. Well, it, it's I, I have, and I've sent I've sent photos to Todd because as we're trying to figure out blank blank inventory, so we can, so I don't hit a dead end with 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 a with a blank because I'm painting six inch Raptors, eight inch Raptors, eight inch soft tails, ten inch Raptors, and stingers. So of those ninety mud puppies, it's a combination of all of those baits. And Todd and I are coordinating here to say, all right, I have this many blanks left that are unpainted. These ones are on deck and these ones are done and he'll adjust what he's doing. So when I'm just about to run out, it's, it's just in time manufacturing. He's then going to go ahead and bring me the next step. So it's not like, Hey, here's 5 million blanks and dump them on me. It's feed me as I can go. And, but yes, it's, I don't think I've ever been like I'm I just painted eight mud puppies this go around. I feel satisfied, my stomach is full and now I can go to bed. After painting 90 mud puppies, I'm like my hand is sore. This is adequate. <laughs> it's time for bed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you know, and I I I keep also along those same lines. I've I've been tweaking how how I've been staggering, we call them the pegs or the handles. So everyone has their own like little style to, to hold the bait, to paint them. Some people hold the lips, some people hold a nail or, or whatever. I made these little handles and I really like them. I've sold some to some people and, you know, I haven't heard complaints, but I don't know if they're still using them or not. They work great for myself. And, I have somewhere around 170 and change, maybe 180 of these. And in prior years, I would, I'd have all the pegs filled and I would paint all the pegs. And then it's like, well, it's time to go ahead and epoxy for the next week. And this year I'm trying a a, a different approach. And I think it, uh, it's looks like to me, it's going to pan out to be a smoother uh, efficiency here in that I've kind of roughly cut the, the number of pegs in half. So in this case, easy numbers, 85 and 90. So I'll paint 80. Let's just ease, use an easy number, 80 and 80. I'll paint 80 baits and epoxy them. And I like my four days of cure. I've explained it many times. I don't really believe they need four full days to cure, but it to me it's extra safe, and I'd rather take those extra couple days because I have had what I thought was cured epoxy, set it on something, even if it's like a day or two after it feels hard, and I pick it up and there's wood grain that's kind of like I set it on a piece of wood and it, it it's imprinted on the epoxy. Yeah. I just... Yeah. I, I like four days. There's nothing scientific. That's just what I do. So then I get done epoxying those 80 baits. I have four days to do. What do I do if, if all this stuff is, you know, curing up for four days? Well, I got 80 baits right here. So then I can start painting these while those are curing. And I just have like this layered thing 
to where I'm always having baits cured and I'm also painting the next, the next for the wheel. And it seems to be like a block of 80 baits every week that I'm, I'm not like having a deadline, but it seems every seven days I'm going to have about 80 done with what my schedule allows. But you know, one of the modified things that I did this year was I changed my handles a bit and you know, I should almost make a video for Facebook on this, but I mean, huge efficiency gains on this. So if you could just picture like three quarter PVC, that's my handle. And I have a, a screw eye out the back of it. And I had a cross hole on like the non bait side and that that serves a couple purpose. I can hang that on a nail. Should I need to hang a bait for whatever reason or or separate them? It's it's nice to have some options other than just you're going to hold this in your hand or you're going to put this in this carousel that I that I use. Well, I'm like how I would put the the baits on, you know, I'd put the baits on these pegs was I'd grab a bait in my left hand, grab one of these. I'd start it two or three turns, and then I had this, for lack of a term, just for a visual, a bent-up coat hanger that I'd put through these holes with the drill on the other end of this bent-up coat hanger, and I'd, you know, like you're tightening a bolt, just and it zipped it in, and it was all well and good. And then when it was time to take them off, I'd, I'd you know, the epoxy's done and dry. I'd break the, the, the screw free. And then I put the bent coat hanger in it and I'd zip it out, but I had to be careful because it could pivot one axis. So it's like a drive shaft that's not connected. It can fling wherever. So I had to be careful. Like this is, this is dangerous and not efficient. So I ended up making a new holder that the, the, the handle will slide down in and I cut out on one wall to make a slot instead of a hole. And then I have a peg inside this piece of tube to drive it. So I, you know, so I have a bait that's done. I take the finished bait in my hand with the handle. I slide it in this tube. I throw the drill in reverse, zip it out. There's no threat of this thing going crazy because it's, it's stuck in a tube. I set that bait down. I grab a new, a new uh, unprimed blank, throw the drill in forward, suck that thing in, pull the handle out with that bait, set it off to the side. It eliminated like three touches of these handles. And I'm just living the dream when this thing, when I'm switching out baits on these handles. And uh, that's that's a really nice thing with how this, this layering that I've been doing just plays into is now I can, you know, maybe cut my time in half and de-handling and re-handling of them. So some neat little things like that that I've been screwing with that, you know, I'm adequately proud of. And, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's going now to where the ball's rolling. It's paint mode. And I'm going to probably say without, you know, those were like some of the new things. I'm not going to go into all the little gritty details of stuff that I, I've done that, that have helped out, but some neat things that could help some people that, might be starting to ramp up production. Look at the things that you handle the baits a lot with. And for me, like that handle story, that might've been really boring. There might be someone out there is like, Oh my gosh, I do touch these like three, four, five times. Maybe what, how can I fix this to touch them once or maybe twice? And it saves, it saves time. And 
that's something we're not getting back. So, anyways, sure. What's that, Vance? How many did you make of the handles or the baits? The handles. Oh, I I have like less than 180. Some of them, some of them have like fallen into disrepair where they're going to need some attention. I thought about up making some more here, but I have over 170 that are functional right now. <laughs> that sounded like an evil laugh. I said, "Hmm." Oh, okay. I just was thinking thinking about them. They they do like are very worn. Where you connect the tail end of the bait. Yes, the the, the threads you, are not as sharp as they once were. Yes, There's, but they're how many years old are they now? Oh my gosh, seven, eight. Yeah, that's so. Uh, they've it paid for themselves. Yeah, yeah, because PVC is not that much money. Yeah, they <laughs> they've they've done well, and I, I already know it how might I, be. It might be today. Actually, who knows. <laughs> it very well could be it's probably it right now mm-hmm. maybe I could I could sell some of it people are going to want <laughs> six inch pieces of three quarter PVC glue them together if you got a bunch of connectors laying around yep they give those away too yeah yeah so anyways that that's some of the, the neat fun things and you know I, I probably should make a post on some of this I think it could help some people but absolutely. Um, but the person with the, with the biggest moves and shakes in the last, <laughs> I don't know, two weeks, Vance, what have you been up to? I've been, uh, sitting around like I normally do. Hiding know. under blankets. Mm-hmm. Scaring the fourth child. Scare. Yes, absolutely. That was the uh, big but... thing. Talk, talk about the new one. <laughs> You talk about your new one. No one got to hear about that. <laughs> okay, so so but, my new one, as my son calls him, the wild beast. My wife had to smack him today and said, <laughs> "Stop it, you mule!" Um, oh my god! This 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 thing has exploded. It has to be over fifty pounds now. We got him at five pounds, <laughs> and like, it's not going to be long before my youngest can strap on a saddle and just ride this bronco across our living room. After it chews everything that we own, so every the puppy, and I thought that like Vance, you you brought this one up, so you have to sit through this story. I thought when this puppy lost his teeth, like we brought home a dinosaur, and this thing just had like razor blades for teeth. And once these teeth started to fall out and hit the ground, I'm like, thank God. Well, 48 hours later, the new ones are already in. They're not yeah. nearly as sharp, but what makes up for it is its fact that its jaw strength has gone 20 times what it mm-hmm. was originally. I can't even put on a sock without him biting my foot like a bull shark in the Mississippi. <laughs> yeah. It's only going to be, what, another two years before this thing settles down? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. We bought this giant crate, like this steel crate that I guess where we have to put them it, it reminds me of like the the velociraptor pit on jurassic park and the kids thought, <laughs> clever girl and so this this was a big cage and like to where the kids like to go in it they think it was fun and like both both of the kids would go in this and like 
they could there was no threat of them locking themselves in because they could very easily poke their finger and undo the latch mechanism so both kids fit in it and we don't have this dog two months and my wife's like hey we got to buy a bigger cage and i'm like then why did we buy this extra large one to begin with because now the dog's back is hitting the top of it i said why didn't we just get the big one in the first place instead of buying it back to back the kids are going in to hide from the dog so they don't get oh my gosh we have like these live edge end tables and we just hear like the best thing i could describe is a deer munching on acorns and we got to run around and the dog has like a full mouth deep bite on this thing like like a like a cartoon shark does to a surfboard Ring ring any bring back any memories, Todd? Oh yeah, lots of them. Yeah, I thought we were going to go to jail. I figured they were going to arrest us from (laughs) sending my daughter to school with her arms and chewed on, and you know she's going to school in long sleeve shirts and sunglasses from our from our our, yeah (laughs) from the lab. uh, I was like, what did we do? We bought our daughter a puppy, and she can't even get near it. Bites her like crazy, but they're best friends now. Yeah. But she's four, so you got a few more years. Yeah, it's, it's all good. And then she's talking it's about another good. one. And I'm like, no. <laughs> what? Yeah, because we, we had... We, we we had the hunting channel on tonight, and they you know she saw something about them shooting pheasants. She goes, "Do you think we can teach teach our boxer how to how to bird hunt?" I'm like, "No." And if we were <laughs> going to do something, I'm going to find a shed dog, not a bird hunting dog, because i I haven't shot a shotgun in 15 years. Why am I going to want to start picking up pheasants? Nothing nothing against it, but like let's look at what we do. Before we just, and she's like, well, we'll get a lab. And then that one will be the intermediate between our 13 pound mini schnauzer and this, what's going to probably be an 85 pound, just behemoth. And I don't know, whatever. It, it, it's fun. I can get the dog to calm down. Like if I'm just sitting there, he'll come up and like lay on me. But when you have any child pass by it's oh, like yeah. it's like bongo drum. Get him on like level nine, and that thing's just bouncing off the walls, biting me now. Okay. But so, is is your new dog like that, Vance? <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> yeah, we rescued a a, uh, a fourth pug, and uh, you know she's been she's been great. It it it's really an easy transition in the house. Where it's something we're used to, so. Uh, they all have their own like quirks to them, but she fits in with the family so nice, and uh, it it really is not not been a, not. I can't say anything negative except she like did piss in the bed the one day, but, <laughs> but she's older. She's already a few years old, right? She's four. Yeah. Oh she's yeah. Four. See, it's nice to get four. I got a lab once that was four, and you didn't have to go through all that. It was yeah. let somebody else deal with all that, but no, it, no. So there's not nicknames. I will say this: I see, I see the pictures of, of Vance's dog sometimes, and I'll be honest, Vance. I mean, I know they're your own kid, but I can't tell which one's which. Yeah, I know. They, they, they look like four. Uh, they, <laughs> I don't know what's. I don't know what's what. Yeah, the, the uh, this this latest one really looks like uh, <clears throat> the other ones, like spitting image almost, and yeah, you just start screaming like, "Velvet, darling." 
you know, it's like, damn it, which one are you? Wrong one. <laughs> so yeah, I could I could see that if the ones like loose and if they're outside and you're trying to call the one, I don't know how you tell which ones, which. I got it now. Yeah, they're 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 fun. Uh, you know, we've got the dogs going, and uh, you know, it was a, a holiday gift, and um, you know, they're fun. You have, you have all four less weight, probably than yeah, the lab. Um, what yeah, they, they got to weigh like twenty pounds or so, right? Not, not, not even. They're like fifteen to eighteen. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, it's yeah. Those, those dogs are heavier. Yeah, our little brown bears pushing uh, seventy-five. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Beasts. Wild beasts. <laughs> or Break mule. Friggin' ACL. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, another yeah, another that, one is. Do you do you happen to call your dogs by the by the affectionate term of you lughead? Because no. th- this dog will literally smash its head against the wall, like breaking drywall, and just walk away like it hasn't like nothing touched it. Nothing happened. <laughs> My God, it, it is it is a walking wrecking ball, and it and it decides to always want to try to run. Most of my house is hardwood floor. And it, it has no traction on hardwood, but yet oh, yeah. he'll get full speed and just take like a 12 foot leap and land on the couch, spin 180 and just launch right back. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's essentially an episode of Wipeout every time this thing comes right out of the out of his cage. But <laughs> OK, it's beautiful. But, uh, yeah, so some other things have been going on aside from that um, and not having a dog destroy my house like Andy and Todd occasionally. Uh, I've been building essentially like a little mini pole barn in the back. And, um, you know, it was a big undertaking. And uh, it is going to be the uh, place where the swim baits are made from start to finish. Um it's going to be where you pour them, where you make the harnesses, where you do the lead. Uh, and I am going to pick up the airbrush. I'm going to start painting. So with all that in mind, um, kind of hit the ground running with it. And um, Can I ask some questions? Good. Okay. So you, you got a mini barn delivered on, on a pad that you had in the back. Yes. And this this is shoehorning. I, I didn't hear the story. How did they get it back there? Uh, they took part of the fence down. Okay. Um, and, you know, had to break the concrete, rip the post out. They drove it back there. You know, they're professionals at this. They Sometimes they use, you know, big giant trucks and they have little ride behind, uh, you know, almost looks like a, a standing lawnmower or something like that. There, it's a really interesting machine. But this guy essentially was on like a had three wheels. Um, they looked like big giant like golf cart wheels, but uh, it was you know carrying a shed that was sixteen foot long, and yeah. he just pushed it right along. 
drove it up the side of the house uh, through the the fence that was 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 down for the time being, um, and went to the gravel pad uh, that I have, and um, they just you know made made really minor adjustments to uh, set it perfectly right on the pad, and um, the pad the pad is uh, my my backyard has a grade to it, so to dig into the ground and um, just essentially, you know, put, put a, uh, it's, it's considered an elevated gravel bed. It would be something like if you would see uh, people making um, gardens, you know, that are rather than in the ground, they're raised now, but this just has gravel in it. Um, And, uh, you know, they drove it right in. They placed they placed it down. I think it's constructed on like four by fours or four by sixes or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, they just make these like minor adjustments on this little machine that they're standing on and pushing. It's really really something that that, that little machine can push. Um, you know that big of a structure. A little pallet truck, right? Isn't that what they call it? Yeah, I, I'd, I'd almost call it like a pallet jack, but yeah, it, it almost is, you know, the, the, the machine, the specialized machinery the mini barn industry has is amazing. If you ever seen some of these trailers that they have, where they have like the cylinder that they can push push the the barn off the back, but they have this oh, yeah. other set of hydraulic hydraulic actuated wheels that have hydraulic motors on them that they can go and like turn, like move the whole trailer sideways. And the, the stuff yeah. that they have is, is crazy and how they can shoehorn these buildings in these tight spots. If you haven't seen it, YouTube, some of this stuff, if you're, if you like to geek out on machinery stuff, it's, it's really interesting, but you know, it's just, it's, it's really cool. So that's the most fun of like, the entire experience actually is, is watching them do it. And mm-hmm. I've had them deliver ones that were 34 foot long and uh, now, now down to 16. So I've, I got to see these, uh, you know, the, the giant machine. And then this little one that is like the little engine that could get just <laughs> a little, kick little it tugboat, Yeah. Cause I was like, how the hell I was like, how are they going to fit that? my yard's going to be destroyed. I was like, that's a huge thing that they used to pull, you know, put these sheds back there. And this was, of course, you know, when I was, when I've got one of these structures set to have the old tiller put in. Um, and I just going on, you know, past experience. <clears throat> I was like, there's just no way this is going to happen, but I trust them. And, uh, you know, freaking shed was moving. It looked like it was just kind of levitating, like it was possessed. And then there was the, the gentleman that, uh, you know, was driving, was driving it right behind, kind of gave a friendly neighborly wave and it was just hilarious. Look what I can do. Yep. Okay. So it's in place and then you're looking at it. So, so it gets in place. Yeah. I had to get the gravel bed down and then boom, now the structure's there. Um, all good, ready to go. And you have a blank slate now with what I have in mind. Uh, you know, 
of, you know, making this little swimmer home. Um, so you have a blank slate and now it's time to get to work. And that involved wiring, insulating, planning for storage and work stations and mm-hmm. lights, everything, wiring, like I said, insulation. Now I'm going to enclose it with OSB. Um, I'll touch base on that in a minute, but, uh, <clears throat> you know, a little bit of an undertaking, but once I started like getting the ball rolling, I was like, okay, yeah, this is fine. Uh, easy. You know, reminds me of finishing the basement. Can, it happened in like record time. Yeah. Can I, can I tell a story about your circuit breaker panel? Good. <laughs> so Vance and I were, were talking about this and like, you know, how's it going to get wired? And, you know, the, the thought being that, you know, we're going to, we're going to, he's going to put in an underground line or four as we were talking. And, you know, let's start out with like this four. Well, I'm like, okay, cool. Send me a picture of your, your breaker box. And it's a 200 amp breaker. And I was thinking that there was going to be four. Vance was just asking an opinion. I'm like, okay, I'm going to want a dedicated line for this, a dedicated line for that. We're going to want one for lighting, um, lighting and some outlets and the other ones outlets. I said, yeah, I think four would be good. So you send me a picture of your your panel and there's three yeah i was off yeah (laughs) we we were off on the count of how many empty spaces there were and i'm like okay we'll we'll fill that panel but well i think we're gonna be fine i mean there's not gonna we'll be good then you send picture of three open spaces and i'm like well i think we can do it with three circuits and then you're like oh by the way we're gonna be eating up one of them and i'm what's going down and what's going to be coming here soon, Vance? A hot tub. Okay, a hot tub. A hot yeah. tub does not run on one ten. No. So if I mean, anyone it does, <laughs> but the, not you know, yours. they make those. Not the one that I got now. Okay, so that means it runs on two twenty. That takes up two spaces. That takes up two of the three spaces. <laughs> that leaves. <laughs> So you're going to have one outlet in your shed. <laughs> you have to plug the light in. When, you, when the compressor turns on, you shut off the light. You shut off I, the light. I have a lot of extension cords there as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. But all jokes aside, I, I think it's going to be fine. I just think that it, it was it was a classic Vance thing that – we had these grand plans, and then as we looked at what resources were available, in this case, breaker plots, it whittled down to one. Yeah, but, I mean, it's totally doable. It is. Uh, it is. We can make it, it work. Be, it's totally doable because it's uh, – the way the swimmer's made, it, there's not many things running at, at once, even – even when you know you're, when the Raptors are being made or anything like that, you can only have so many machines on, and and you know when you're making handmade stuff, you can only do so many steps. You know, where it's 
the pouring aspect of it. Okay, the microwaves on. Yeah, because you're doing it. Yeah, yeah. It's not like you, you know. Got yeah, there, n- yeah, no one runs all their home appliances at the same time. Exactly. Right. My wife so, sometimes tries. But... <laughs> you know what? That's true. The carbon footprint of a woman, mm-hmm. especially after children. Yes. Yeah. Every freaking light's on all the time. Every light's on. The dishwasher's running. The uh, there's clothes in the dryer. There's clothes in the washer. Oh, electric uh, washer and dryer. Yeah. Microwave. And you know, in the, in the, I guess I'll take a shower later because in the wash load is like not even the capacity. There's you know might be quarter quarter filled, but we need to run it full full cycle. A a, a, a funny story about that. One time I. I went to, uh, I was waiting for the washer to uh, stop its cycle so I could put my load in. And when I, I heard it unlock the door, I went there and I pulled out one sock. <laughs> I, I, that's I, <laughs> I had to ask, I said, did you wash just one sock? And apparently it <laughs> fell out when she did her, her load. It was on the ground and it was already started, so she's like, I'll just run the load. I'll put these in the dryer, and I'll run the load for one sock. That is insane. <laughs> Why wouldn't you just hand wash it at that point? Or, or we can't it's, let... it's a sock. Why wash one? Just put it on. Oh, my God. <laughs> what if she is like an entire scoop of like Tide or something? Like I don't doubt that it was soil level large. Like that's crazy. The, we could have sold it back to the retail store because it was so clean. <laughs> it received all the attention from the washer. <laughs> oh my god! So. <laughs> At that point, it was already done, so it's not like I could have saved any electric or any or any hot water. (laughs) Oh my god, I would freak out! (laughs) Like, what the f is this? What sense does this make? Why just throw it away? (laughs) Thrown half the clothes away to prove the point. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you like good hygiene? Well, dig them out of the trash. <laughs> One at a time. That's uh, freaking amazing. <laughs> so, okay, so you're not going to run all your appliances at one time, especially right. not one sock. So, um, yes. you, you got the design going, and it seems through our, our our conversations throughout this week, you kind of got the wiring where you, where you like it. The outlets are in and you got lights hung and you got insulation up. Yeah. Fully insulated. Um, you know, just taking a step back, I think the most, uh, the, the most intimidating part for me was running the UF wire, which is wire that goes underground to, uh, from your breaker box you know, leaves your house, goes underground and then enters this new building that needs power. That was, and still is, uh, the most intimidating, uh, aspect of the project. Cause I just don't know 
how to do it. I've never done it before. I don't know how to make it look clean, you know, with the conduit. I don't know. At the time, I didn't know how many inches I needed to be underground and if it needed conduit the entire way and things of that nature. So with that, uh, I decided to work backwards, essentially. I was like, I'll get the, I'll make sure the last step is running the power to the building um, because I'm comfortable with everything else. Uh, so buildings there, I start, uh, putting in boxes, run the wires, um, insulate and, um, what what's the correct word where you like pre pre wire? I don't know. You roughed it in. Skip, roughed everything in. Yeah. And then I, um, I put all the switches on in the, in the outlets and things like that. And essentially, uh, since there's only one, one wire coming in right now, um, you know, the idea is the wire comes into the building, hits a box. And this time it would be like a 110 outlet and, uh, just continues to jump to the next outlet and the next outlet and the switches and things like that. And, uh, when you do that and you're wiring, you have to, uh, do a lot of pigtailing and um, things like that. And I, I didn't remember how to, I was like, how, I know this is, the, the wires look correctly, but how does this actually make sense? And I was like, oh my God, pigtailing. I completely forgot about that. So I had all that uh, set up and felt accomplished and it was all done. I mean, now granted it was one, two, you know, six boxes maybe and it, it you know it, it it wasn't much but wiring if you don't do it every day and aren't a linesman you know it's annoying at points um tonight i kind of had like one of those like oh crap moments where i was like sitting on the couch and if it was filming me it would have like panned in like a little closer 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 till it got to my face and i was like son of a bitch i was like that is not correct in the in the one box and i was like i can't believe it i screwed up um on the main switches like where if you would walk into a room and turn a light on or something like that there was uh it was a three switch box and i just completely didn't um, like power. I mean, essentially, I, I put zero power to <laughs> the switches, and I was like, "Oh my god!" I, I like connected one of them. I was like, "That's that makes sense. It's done." <laughs> that makes and, sense. It's done. <laughs> I mean, it was <laughs> when I was doing it the first time. It was like getting dark. And I don't know if like I, I was just like I'll pick up on this tomorrow or whatever, but I had no I had no power. I had power in those those lines were correct, and uh, but they weren't connected correctly at all. They were not joined together, and I was just like, oh my god, I can't believe I forgot that. Could you imagine if I 
Um, Burnt your building down before you made one swim bait? That or, you know, <laughs> put put up wood around it and had to rip it all down because that, like, I'm like, oh, my God, what the heck? So that's an I called Andy earlier. I was like, wait a minute. I was like, can you just walk me through this real quick? It's like I'm kind of having like a, a just a brain fart here with you know how to power three switches off of one line that's coming in, and it was pretty it was pretty uh, simple once he talked to me for about three minutes on it, and I was like, okay, I got it, and it's all it's all ready to go, so it's all roughed in now. Um, it's nice and toasty in there and it's, it's ready to go. I think the, um, the next step is for me to, uh, I think, you know, the most crucial thing now at this point is getting an exhaust fan, um, and some housing for the building, um, so that I can paint and be safe while doing it. Um, and Andy and I have discussed that. Um, but from, from there, I just got to sheet it in and it'll be a nice little workshop, but, uh, you know, that's not necessarily important right now. And when I called these lumber yards, uh, to see how much this OSB was, I was just blown away by, uh, the wood prices right now. Todd, have you it, priced wood in the last week? Not in the last week, but when I was building the uh, hunting shack for my daughter and I, I went down to pick up two pieces of OSB and the guy was like, okay, 58 bucks. I was like, whoa. I mean, that's insane. Yeah. I, I had stacks of that hundreds stuff. and stacks and done roofs and done houses. And I bought thousands. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, realistically, you know, so it, for so long, it was seven ninety nine, eight ninety nine. Hurricane might pay twelve bucks or something. It's like twenty eight bucks, twenty six bucks a sheet of OSB. It's insane for seven sixteenths or half yeah. or three quarters. Yeah. I priced it out like over the past couple of days. Been calling around, and I was just blown away. Uh, I couldn't imagine if you were trying to build a house right now or something like that. I mean, it would be terrible. Vance, the local lumber yard, what was it for one sheet? It was 20. Oh, at my place? At, at your local one, yes. I was quoted 40 bucks. For one sheet? For a sheet, yep. <laughs> yeah. Now, I don't know if they were quoting me. Like they're, I was like, "Hey, what's what's going on with veneer your grade with plywood?" Yeah. yeah, I don't need veneer grade. Yeah, yeah. I was like, "What?" And then so things just started going through my head. I was like, "What if I just use drywall? What if I did metal?" Uh, you know. Yeah. So Vance, Vance like, called me at work, and he told me that. And you were asking about metal. I'm like, "Well, metal's going to be at least double that." So. No, and there's other uh, other downfalls that I would suggest you not. But you saying drywall, uh, a guy I work with, he put up a pole barn and he's he he's finishing the inside himself. And he was talking. He goes, "Yeah, you know, OSB is this much a sheet." And I'm like, "God, how much is drywall?" And he's like, "It's eight bucks a sheet." I said, 
Why aren't you drywalling it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, a part of me wishes I would have drywalled the pole barn. It just looks nice. I mean, that's yeah. I mean, the the point of getting OSB is it's it's uh, workable and cheap. That was the you know the that's the point of this stuff. You, you'll yeah. accept the the not as beautiful looks for the fully mm-hmm. functional inexpensiveness. Yeah. You know, and we uh, you get like a stack of that stuff delivered like part of it's like ripped in half, you get a shitty board here and there and you're like, "Yeah, whatever." N- not at 40 bucks, yeah. that thing's going back. No, it's like yeah. uh, you know, this thing better be clean, no dust. <laughs> <laughs> but is that installed so, yeah. $40 a sheet? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not even with the delivery price, kid. Wow, that's I was like, that's, oh my god, that's insane. That's that, I heard. I talked to someone that was because we're doing some work here too, getting ready to, and I'd heard that the number they thought that was starting to come down. Some of that stuff here, I would hope. <laughs> um, but that, I mean, that's just what you know. That's what I experienced uh, yeah. today. I mean, it's it, it might be like stock markets. You know, you got to check it every day. How much is the OSB today? You know, it's oh, it's up one percent. It's down three. <laughs> that at that point, you can get away with that insulation for a while and just leave it hanging. That's what I mean. That's what I would do. Just wait. You know, be putting ch- in, putting in the OSB though, is such a cool feeling, and it yeah. it's like it's like. Uh, you know, with the the little amount of outlets that are in there, you can get so much done quickly. And when you're doing a project like this, you love to see that progress and uh, done. Yeah. So that's you know, boom! You you get to throw up, you know, an eight by four sheet, and you got nothing, you know, no outlets around. Then you get to put one right next to it again, and uh, you know that. I mean, it makes you feel like you're getting stuff done, but. At forty bucks, I mean, I mean, Jesus, it's crazy. Plus the delivery fees. So Andy was like, called on to this other place, his local lumber yard, and uh, it was, you know, about fifteen dollars cheaper. And their delivery fee was ridiculous. I it, it was ten bucks. And they'd be driving to, what, ten miles. 12 miles? Yeah. I was like, $10. I was like, it's a $10 delivery fee. Flat out. That's it. Flat out. And I was like, 10 bucks for... taking your truck up to get it. <laughs> I don't even have my truck. You know, that's the, that's the shit of it all. <laughs> well, see, see the thing, the, the, the ironic part about this is Vance needs a truck to get lumber, but the lumber got his truck. It did. <laughs> it really did. Circle of life. Yes. Oh man, the truck remembers, the tree forgets. But <laughs> it uh So I was like $10 per mile. They're like no flat rate. I was like Did sheet? you did you tell them that where you were at? Absolutely. Yeah. I, okay. I mean my they got my address and everything. I'm like $10. I mean, maybe they just, you know, they want some business, you know, or something like that. But I was like, yeah, absolutely. Because the other places to deliver this stuff, Lowe's big box store was $70. And then that local lumberyard where I'm at that quoted me a million dollars for a sheet. 
was 40 flat out. So wait, okay. It's literally a mile and a half from you. Yes. Essentially almost on the same street. It is like one right turn. 40 bucks. Yeah. Yep. Big time. Meanwhile, this so, other, my local truck is going to drive for 30 to 35 minutes because those trucks can't go fast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. 10 bucks. I was like, yeah, absolutely. Sign me up. So I did end up getting some. And, uh, but I did invest in extra OSB. So I'm not taking that huge of a hit. And I have some in my basement right now, like, you know, old sheet, sheets OSB. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about putting them up on a raffle page, you know, <laughs> 10 to 10. <laughs> <laughs> and you're going to hire out my local lumber yard to deliver? Yeah. yeah <laughs> this, <laughs> this one's going to Little Rock? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that's that's where we're at now. But I think, like you know, just to make it fully functional, um, and something that I'm not used to is uh, the exhaust fan and, of course, the airbrush because I'm going to be doing a lot of practicing in there, and there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of overspray going on. But I just want to make sure it's you know functional. And uh, yeah, you can get away with just a uh, like an oven. Like like an over over the range hood, is that yeah? yeah. I I've I've seen people do it. Yeah, I've tried it. My my opinion is those things don't have the balls to really suck the volume of air out. Mm -hmm. I mean, even like I think we got a pretty good one above my my oven, Mm. and it's just like to me, it just makes noise. I, I yeah. I don't really see it doing anything. It just, my wife likes to have it on, so it makes noise, and it drives me nuts because it makes noise. And that's more electricity. Well, that, because that's the thing. Is if the meter isn't spinning, they're not smiling. So <laughs> Make sure they know you're home. Keep it spinning. Yeah. It, it must be like the little nesting thing that, that you know, mo- mothers like to do is that they got their nest, and it's all lit up and comfortable for the chicks and <laughs> I'm walking around. I, essentially, I just, my, my evening consists of me following her around, shutting the lights off as she leaves the room. So I can't take it. <laughs> Every freaking light. I change those. I told you I change those can lights. Like you, did cha- I tell you that? Like you change the bulb or you changed them over to a different, I changed I changed the bulb, but these aren't like screw in can lights. They're like the LED things. Okay. Well, I ch- I bought different can lights, and I bought daylight ones. You know, there's like soft white, and then daylight, and then like blue ice or whatever. You know, well, you know, my wife doesn't like these daylight ones that are like extremely bright. So I changed those out. So <laughs> she has to... that she would that she wouldn't turn them on, but I mean this place is lit up like crazy. It looks like Times Square. It's so bright in the kitchen. So is she so like I a just... vampire and just can't take the the, the light? Like ah! she just doesn't. She thinks it's too bright, you know. So I I changed them out. I was like, oh yeah, no, no, I'll fix them. You know, I'll I'll get you essentially something you don't like. To... 
in hopes that you you don't turn it on and then you know it just backfired <laughs> not not to get too personal on my end again but like <laughs> we, we we have we essentially have like one hallway but it it, it turns at a 90 degrees in in, in my in my house and there the lights are on two separate switches so you have like the, the short hallway that runs east to west and the north-south is the longer. They each have their own individual switch. And I'll like, why is this hallway light on? And it's that, that short hallway, the east to west one, connects the two kids' bedrooms and a bathroom. That's it. Everyone will be like outside or, you know, in the living room area or the kitchen area. And I'm like, why is this, why is this hall light on? I shut it off. I take two steps. And it's like... Turn it on. I can't see. I'm like, I'm looking at you from 30 feet away right now, and it's one in the afternoon. You can't see? <laughs> like, you watched me shut the light. I don't know. Maybe, maybe we just see things different. Like, she could be thinking uh-huh. that I'm like, the light shuts off and it's black and then just like this little light comes and here I am holding like a like a gaslit <laughs> lantern <laughs> walking out of the dark. <laughs> but maybe she's afraid of the boogeyman, man, but Well, there's one in just north of us. There is. But I and I might I I might have like uh you know, like Probably carbon monoxide poisoning right now. Because you've been rocking the propane? No, because I've been underneath a blanket this entire time, and I'm starting to feel lightheaded. Oh. (laughs) Perhaps perhaps that contractor bag shouldn't be labeled a blanket. But that's the thing. We have to design something for that, that little window that, you know, makes it safe for me to paint in there. I'm trying to trying to like shoot for Andy's old pole barn, the first place, like the painting style. You remember what that looks like, Todd? Oh yeah, Todd. Yeah. You yeah. you remember that fan that I had in that window? Yeah, the fan and the. Uh... It had the louvers. Like... When you turn it on, the louvers kick open like in like a like a yeah. warehouse big wall fan in a warehouse yeah i dug it out of the archives yeah i i I went went through all the old stuff i found it i drug it back into civilization and And your old laundry tub was great that was i got one of those yeah i'll tell you what i mean that's something i think a lot of people overlook but yeah those utility tubs are fantastic for painting they are the problem is they're $150 a piece now Whoa. because prices are just, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> they're not that much. I want to think it was like 20 or 30 bucks when I bought mine. Yeah, that's what it is. But I'm just saying everything's like just skyrocketed right now. I mean, that would be another, was, another thing that like, go ahead. It was cheap. It was cheap, but that, those things are like underutilized. They they work for so many things as, you know, essentially just trash. It's a great trash collector, mm-hmm. and, and that's essentially like what I what I do with mine. 
like it, it takes me, I might cleaning out once, once during painting season, but definitely at least once every year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if I, if I have like a little bit of like cleaning solution or something like that, you know, I can, I can put it there. Yeah. Yes. Don't strike a match inside of there, but you know, we have enough ventilation and stuff like that, but it's just a great catch all. I, I have, you know, whatever I wipe something out, I can just, okay, this is junk. I just throw it down there and it's, it's there and it, it's, it's nice, especially when you're working with some of those chemicals you might not want soaking up into your wood, like your wood floor or staining, uh, mm-hmm. anything. You can also paint the inside if you wanted to say, is this, you know, is this paint, did I thin it too much or not enough? And you can just go on the inside of the tub and, you know, start working it and see how it's, see how it sprays. It's very convenient and it's cheap and you're not really looking to keep it clean. You're just catch all. And, um, yeah, I, I use mine for every step of painting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's the, that's the, the gist of what's going on in the, uh, first couple of weeks of the new year. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to start painting. You'll start painting and stuff that isn't quite done yet. That, that is swimmer related is, um, we're working on a, on a new, we, we talked a little last year. We never really got too far with it, but a, a newer version of the swimmer, something a little more streamlined. Um, Mm going to have a little bit more of a permanent mold. We're going to redo the harnesses on those kind of makes, make things just a little bit more up to date. Um, we're not, we still have a whole bunch of harnesses and stuff that, that we're going to use for the old, the old swimmers. I've had, you know, some people really that I've talked to that really like the original swimmer and stuff like that. But, you know, until we, until we get the new tooling and stuff, we have plenty of, plenty of harnesses to do with, with the old, the old stuff that we got. And I think I found a local source for lead. So I'm, I'm waiting to hear back when they have, what I asked for and I asked for between 50 and 100 pounds of lead. So um, I'm, I'm, your local sources have been uh, hit or miss. I'm going to tell you what I am not. I am on a really bad skid right now with, with a, uh, a person again, I don't want to dive into complete personal stories, but, uh, he's been aptly named corn man. <laughs> For for nothing else that I was buying shelled corn from the guy. <laughs> and it was just easier to call him Corn Man in my phone because I'll know who it is. <laughs> I still have I'm on the phone with you right now, Andy. It says Andy Z Muskie. That's the number that's the name I put in because when I entered this number into the phone, I did not really know your last name. And you, and you needed something there to remind you of Andy what the topic would be about. Yeah. Yep. That's funny. So you're Z Muskie. That's right. Corn Man. Let's just say that the saga of Corn Man, I know no one really knows the extent of it <laughs> except Vance. That has come to an end on Saturday, uh, almost one week ago. It was it was a month-long struggle. <laughs> And I almost got all the corn that I ordered. It's <laughs> oh, crazy. I, I, I filled you in on the last leg, right, Vance? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's it, it's really funny. It's, I mean, 
so many loops to jump through to not get something. Exactly. So I got to at least tell a little bit of the story. So, um, as, as the season deer season starts to fade, I like to put out some deer feeders. Um, the, the noble part of me says, I want to make sure my herd is healthy to get through these harsh winters. Really what it is. I want to feed the deer and hope that some of these bucks drop their antlers near and I can pick up the sheds and be like, look at, I'm a shed hunter because that is one thing that I suck at. So I'll just admit that. So this, uh, guy locally at, uh, through a Craigslist ad. Now I could go down to the co-op and, and buy it for, you know, X amount of dollars. There's another local guy that's very reliable and has a lot of great references not that like this is something I'm screening for because <laughs> as you'll find out as the story progresses <laughs> was a little bit cheaper than the local co-op, but I have to drive into a place that's just, it, it's not convenient. Well, when I was about to go to the not convenient spot, I found a Craigslist ad that was a little bit cheaper and it was in my local hometown. Um, I texted the person and they're like, yeah, I can do this. So I said, okay, I'll take this much. And little, holy crap, he was not only on time, but he was early. And he, he seemed like a farm farm boy, but he was clean. And I'm like, cool, okay. And then I told some people they wanted corn, so I ordered more. And I said that this number kept building. And he's like, well, how about you just get 4,300 pounds? Because that's what I have. And I said, <laughs> I'll take it. Salesman. So, so 4,300 pounds he, he owed me and he, he missed one delivery date, but he came the next time. Okay. I can let stuff go. Long story short, it kept going to like, he missed two and then deliver half of what he wanted. And then finally it was like, you owe me 14 bags. So I come home and there's 14 bags and I'm like, Hey, corn man, this is uh cracked corn. Oh, geez. And then like the excuses start rolling. My brother did that and this and that. And I'm like, I, I can't run this crack corn. I mean, and, and this was supposed to be. This is some poor kid. His dad running a farm trying to feed the cows. Oh, yeah. And he's selling them out the back door. <laughs> and, he's, and, and he's cracking corn. And this guy right yeah. here, the guy that's talking, really cares. So and I don't his care. Dad is the, the dad farmer, like the real farmers, like. What the hell's happening to all my corn? <laughs> it's going out the back. <laughs> well, I mean, Daryl, you sold the crack corn again, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you just reminded me of something. So he went to drop off like 1,200 pounds one, one night. And he's like, sorry, I'm late. I'm like, you're two hours late. Like, And he's like... <laughs> My brother ran out of gas on the four-wheeler, so I had to take him some. And I don't question people's stories, but I'm like, why didn't he walk back and get the gas? I mean, but he's like, uh, and I look at his truck. He's telling me this. I look at his truck, and I'm like, let me guess. You had to drive through the woods to give him gas because his truck was white. It's a white truck, but it's all mud. And he's like, yeah, I did that. I'm like, okay. He goes, and then I got stuck. And I'm like, great. Of course you did. Then we had to get the track. 
So I pick up the first 100-pound bag of corn, and I look like I fell in the mud because he sat there and spun (laughs) and just covered all the bags of corn in mud. (laughs) But I saved a nickel, so... (laughs) Did you get what you needed? You didn't get the exact weight you needed then. No, he ended he up used deli- corn as traction to get out. <laughs> yeah, he was spreading it down like salt or cat litter on an icy road. <laughs> <laughs> You're short a couple bags. <laughs> I can I can replace it with cracked if you want it. Surely I can use OSB to do that right now. <laughs> so. The, the the end of the saga, it ended up being I'm like, you owe me fourteen bags, fourteen hundred pounds. Can you can you deliver it? Yeah, I'll deliver it tonight. No shows. Can you deliver it tonight? Yeah, I'll do it tonight. No shows. Can you deliver it tonight? No answer. The next day, am I gonna get my corn? And my only response to this is, of course. He's like, I got in a car accident last night. I have to refund your money. <laughs> of course, oh you. My God. Of course, I could have told you you were going to get in a car accident because this is how these deals work. <laughs> yeah. So two and a half weeks later, I'm like, what's what are we going to do moving forward? He's like, my buddy has some corn. He's going to bring it to my house, but you got to pick it up. <laughs> All right. Let me know. It's raining. He's not bringing it. Okay. No, he's going to bring it. What time? Never mind. He's not coming. God, please, just pick an answer. And then another week and a half goes by, and I'm like, so moving forward, how is this going? And he's like, I'll have I'll have all the corn to you on Saturday, meaning like a week ago from right now. He was like, I'm like, okay, it's 9 o'clock, 9 a.m., crickets for five hours are you coming at 9 a.m like all night the next day i'm like can you please confirm 9 a.m yes he just wrote yeah okay i'm getting 14 bags at 9 a.m we're gonna put this to an end 8 30 i'm eating my breakfast getting ready to lift 14 bags of corn i get a text <laughs> at 8 30 he goes your money's in the mailbox <laughs> 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 I never got my corn. <laughs> Where did <this> corn go? <laughs> the corn man kept it. I don't know. Dad was feeding the cow. <laughs> Probably. He's eating all his profits. Those dang cows. <laughs> oh my god. So it was it was a it was a real shock to me when I went to this place just on the other side the inconvenient place. And I walked in, I'm like, can I get a thousand pounds of corn? And the woman's like, yes, it'll be this much. And I hand her the money. She goes back up to that barn. Two guys came out and we loaded 10 bags of corn. And I'm like, wait, this took 10 minutes. (laughs) Why didn't it take, you know, 10 weeks like corn man. And then I drove it and I'm like, look at, I got, I got the rest of my corn for the year. (laughs) It was that, that easy. I would have been so, so much further ahead to buy from the reliable. So word to the wise, if you have to name someone corn man or any product man, just be prepared to find an alternate source. <laughs> yes. Oh man. We should start handling customer service that way. 
just like send it on time and stuff like that would be like man i i shipped this out but you know todd drove through his garage so (laughs) i I, I, i'm I'm sorry i mean i i shipped one and a half rod holder i i'll send you the other upright when when we get todd's truck out from the garage Oh man! I, I wanted a rod holder. This is a cowboy boot full of orange juice, and you're like, <laughs> "Isn't that what you wanted?" <laughs> Sorry, my brother ran out of gas, and I had to drive drive through the woods with my truck. The, you guys don't have legs, or you're a farm. Is there not another four wheeler around? Oh my god! Oh well. <sighs> It's funny. It's funny stuff, but Saga Cornman is gone. So maybe we'll do a special color. A special color this year. Yeah, I'm hoping that there's going to be. I have I have a an, a, a color in mind that I. It's in my mind right now. Oh, yeah, it's gonna. It's just gonna be black with just yellow dots all over it. <laughs> there, it's the Cornman. Who knows? If, I, if had, I can find the right a, netting. When I first met you, when I first met you, you had a uh, candy corn. Candy corn. Yeah. I think candy corn. Paint. That was before you painted. Yes, that's when I was hiring Tyler's Basement Creations to paint the the little yeah. minnow twitch baits. Yep. Candy corn. Good I've caught just shown that color. Mm-hmm. It was a hot candy color. Corn. I still have some of those baits left. Heck, yeah, I mean, those could be like more. those could be like podcast prizes. You want some vintage, non-production, no guarantees <laughs> AZ baits? Yeah, I, I I took a couple of those things as you were ready to just throw everything away. Yes. Like, no, this will keep it. If you throw away the evidence of your past that never happened, just remember that. <laughs> <laughs> that's how that works it is and that's um, why we have we, we have to have some special colors coming out i mean people have been asking me when's this when's that you know because just like us as a business without the shows you know people are like well shit i, I usually like buying musky stuff this time of year yeah and so people are like hey when when's your swimmer's going to be done when's you know what cool colors are you guys gonna have? We'll have something. We're gonna have uh, something. This, I would yeah, probably this, put it closer to when the Musky Max was gonna be. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I'm hoping by then I'm gonna have the two uh, Musky Tackle Online and Team Rhinos orders done and shipped by then, and we'll have like adequate inventory of standard colors, and then then we'll do our show stuff. And yeah. Yeah, so I mean, we're we're gonna get it, but you know, with everything, you know, we we've just been so used to that that calendar of, all right, I need to go ahead and do this. We sold six perches at this show. I gotta I gotta replenish them, or we're gonna have none at this show. And mm-hmm. we're gonna we're gonna see. I mean, I'm I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that we're gonna be like right back at square one when Todd and I hit the water. More than likely. You know, That's I think we'll works. probably be just and, and just be like, oh, shit, whatever. 
And then we'll be like, yeah, the baits, good luck. Uh, but we got rod holders in mm-hmm. our beginning plugs. Absolutely. But good deal. Anything else you guys want to add? I'm good. Perfect. Todd, you good? good? There, we, there we go. <laughs> Just remember, snitches get stitches. Mm-hmm. So... All right, big thanks to Fatty Z Muskie Products, Muddy Creek Fishing Guide, St. Croix Rods, Ranger Boats, Vicks Marine. So with that, everyone, enjoy what you do in the winter. And uh, keep an eye on social media. We're going to keep dropping little tidbits. So thanks for listening and have fun.